0: Good morning. This is Michael Stoller for the Solar Real Estate Report on the Casamitidis Roundtable. This morning I have a friend of mine by the name of Shimon Shikori, who is the founder and CEO of Ariel Property Advisors, one of the leading investment sales and finance brokerage in New York City. Thanks for coming here, Shimon.
1: Thank you so much for having me, uh, Michael. Great to see you. So,
0: you know, you you come out with uh, events called Coffee and Cap Rates. You also come out with a weekly newsletter. I believe the weekly newsletter of two weeks ago
1: emphasize that investment sales were up at the end of the year, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Investment sales uh, in New York uh, City were up um, to $38 billion in 2022, and that's the highest level since 2018. But I'll tell you something, Michael. It was timing that was also important to think about when you look at 2022. The first half of 2022 was a lot more transactional Compared to the second half, and the reason the reason was interest rates. Interest rates went up from closer to three percent all the way up to almost six percent, and that affected transactions in the second half of the year, and started affecting also the first quarter of this year, and probably will affect the second quarter of of um, of this year as well. What was also interesting, just to 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 tell you, is that. Of the $38 billion, represent about 2,700 transactions. And we saw two things that were super interesting. Number one is that Brooklyn was about 45% of all of these 2,700 transactions. Big deal for Brooklyn. they pretty much the best transaction of the year. And what, this, what do
0: you attribute to the Brooklyn? I,
1: I think that um, the one thing that we're seeing in Brooklyn is a lot more institutional capital. It became the new safe haven, so to speak, uh, in New York City, if Manhattan was always institutional and where capital will br- bigger money wanted to be, today, Brooklyn is one of these locations. If we look at uh, what was built in Brooklyn over the past decade, newer buildings with four hundred twenty one a rental buildings affordable new york and these are some of the buildings that investors put money into in terms of development, Brooklyn has done extremely well. the condo market in Uh, Brooklyn is actually uh, doing pretty well. There's not enough inventory uh, for that market compared to Manhattan, for example. So there's a lot of great things that are happening for Brooklyn. And it's also considered today a borough on its own. It's not just an alternative to Manhattan. It's a place where people want to live. And, And that's one observation, right? Brooklyn was one of them. The second observation, which I thought was very interesting... Uh, last year is is that 42% of all investment sales transactions uh, were in the multifamily asset class. So that's an all-time record, and that was about $16 billion. So $16 billion out of the $38 billion were in the multifamily asset class. Now,
0: what, what do you attribute that to, especially with the fact that you still have the four, limited 421As? Okay, and you have other difficulties over there from the July 2018 interaction.
1: Yeah, you're touching on very two very, very good points. One is the uh, low supply of housing, and the second is the regulation. So in terms of multifamily, $16 billion represents uh, probably one of the best years ever for multifamily. 2015 and 2016 were equivalent years to that. And um, one of the things that you just mentioned is that not all – Multifamily was created equal. So, if you think about it, you have free market multifamily. You have rent stabilized. You have affordable housing. So, let's touch on the rent stabilized multifamily and and the housing policy that you described, the HSTPA. If you look at the number of transactions in rent stabilized multi, that was only three billion dollars. If you look at 2015. In 2015, it was $6 billion, and if you remember, there was a Stytown transaction of 5 plus billion. Not including Stytown, it was $6 billion. So we, we have half of the investment in rent-stabilized multi as a result of HSTPA, as a result of the housing policy. And that's one consequence of that housing policy. What that housing policy did is essentially said if you have a rent-stabilized unit, you cannot increase rents moving forward. And so it halved the amount of investment. The second consequence is that landlords who have vacant units today have no incentive in investing in these units. And, and in some cases, they keep them vacant. So there's 42,000 vacancies in housing So how do thousand. you uh,
0: – if you're a landlord, how could you afford to keep it vacant?
1: Well, how can you I afford – I mean, you
0: still have to pay real estate taxes. You have to
1: pay insurance. You have operating expenses. Yeah, in many cases – Keeping it vacant is less expensive than actually operating. They actually putting the, the lower amount uh, tendency, and that I think that that is going to be more severe as we move forward. You'll see more vacancy moving forward. Just you know, the vacancy is four point two percent of all. Of all inventory, that's a big number. And you know what? What else about when when it comes to rent stabilized is that the conditions, the uh, the tenants are living in worse conditions. So these are kind of consequences that I don't think the legend or I hope the legislator did not expect or intend uh, for. But that's just one aspect of it, right? With all of these challenges, there's still three billion dollars that traded. In rent stabilized multi. Now,
0: now, with regard to that, where are these peop- investors from who bought these new multifamily?
1: So, these are longer-term capital families, high net worth individuals, some overseas money. The reason they're investing is because the basis, the cost for uh, multifamily, the values for multifamily have come down dramatically. And the second reason is because of the exact policy. They don't think that that policy is sustainable long term and and little tweaks and little changes can help it uh, can help align the incentives uh, more so moving forward. What about sales of vacant land Land um, hasn 't been strong uh, last year five and a half billion dollars only, and those who invested in land were the familiar faces of New York City, so not a lot of new money and The weakness in that in that market was because we 've seen that the four twenty one a the tax abatement um, was stopped in the in the middle of the year, and the second uh, reason is that construction costs in New York City are higher than many other cities in in, in the United States, and and they went up eight and a half percent last year. And the third uh, reason is that condo sellouts uh, have slowed down as a result of of interest rates. And by the way, you mentioned before that you know the, the supply of housing, the lack of supply of housing is also part of what contributes to transactions in multifamily. And we spoke about rent-stabilized, but 76% of all transactions were in the free market world. Okay. What about office buildings and other asset classes? Office office is an interesting uh, phenomenon. So we've seen that office attendance went up to 48% last year, That's up from 37%. So it's a substantial increase, but still not enough. This is 48% compared to pre-pandemic levels. Now, when you look at transactions of office, you see that there were $9 billion of trades in office, which was the best year since the pandemic. And you you see three observations there. Who are the buyers? Number one is um, Class A office buildings, quality office buildings that are on Park Avenue, 5th they're trading. They're doing uh, just fine. If you have a great tenancy, great amenitized building or good location, you can trade the building. The second observation is specialty users. So you see Google that bought $2 billion at St. John's John's Terminal. That's going to be their campus, Google's campus there. Uh, You see J.P. Morgan Chase uh, developing 2.5 million square feet on Park Avenue. You see Citadel, the hedge fund, developing together with Vornado and Rudin. So that's specialty users. And the third category are the assets that you hear about, the, the office assets that are, in, um, that are in transition right now. Uh, some of it will be converted to residential, but that's really hard to do. So I think that's going to be a small percentage of it. And uh, for the most part, you know, we'll have to figure it out. And that's going to take uh, a little while.
0: So if, if you had, you know, as I have on the show, I have my crystal apple. How, how would you see the end of the year?
1: The end of the year, I think, is mean, going to be We're at good. the
0: start of the year now. We're in March, but
1: yeah, no, we're we at the start of the year. I think this the year is going have started slower. I mean, we've seen that in the first month of the year, it has started with about two billion dollars of transactions only. But I think the second half is going to be robust. The fundamentals in New York City are strong. The housing policy or the narrative for the housing policy is changing a bit from just regulation to supply, um, and and there's a very deep bench of capital that's here. What we didn't speak about are mortgage resets and mortgage maturities, which will affect transactions So as why well. with a minute left, why don't you talk about that? So there's mortgage mat- mortgage maturities and mortgage resets are going to affect transactions moving forward, especially in the office market and in rent-stabilized multi. Um, there are some uh, forced sellers that will have to sell instead of putting uh, money into their, their assets uh, to carry them or to do a cash-in refinance, and... Um, and there's going to be some lenders that will sell notes and some foreclosures. So I think that's going to, that together with the, with the deep bench of capital, will create a scenario of, of probably a, a high amount of transactions at the second half of 2023.
0: Shimon, thank you very much for being here today on The Stoller Report. Thank you so much, Michael.